0: America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz.
1: Good morning, everybody. Um, Happy holidays. This is going to be the last show of the year. Many of us like to celebrate and party during the holidays, but for me, it's always a time to reflect. And um, through these times... You know, I know that there are people who also might reflect. I know that the holidays might be really, really hard for some. You know, I think about the incident that happened in Newtown, Connecticut, and it just makes me really, really, really sad. Um, you know, I I just really think about how... You know, the world sometimes can be harsh and want to encourage everybody to always think about how the world might be a better place and how they can contribute to it. I've recently met through my work at Regenerate Films, Erin Van Buren. Hi, Cindy. Well, I gave you this drum roll that talked about, <laughs> you know, um, your amazing accomplishments you know, Aww. through some very, very tough struggles.
2: Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah. I'm Erin Van Vuren. Um, 28 years old and I've been clean for three years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I really, con- really congratulate you on that. But you've accomplished so much. One of the things that I said was, is that you live the life of somebody that lived the life for a hundred years because of everything that you've gone through, making you a real yes. warrior.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I um, uh, everything I went through before I got clean, um, you know, led me to the point of when I did get clean to just accomplish so many things that, you know, people have to remind me it takes people years and years to accomplish. But I guess I just got this fire under my butt because I serve. You know, I'm a survivor of not just addiction, but verbal, mental, physical, and sexual abuse um, to pretty high extremes, eating disorders, uh, you name it, you know, a lot of those things, my addiction led me to that, but um, a lot of the forms of abuse uh, were far before I ever started using, so I survived all of this, and then, you know, I'm, I'm 25 years old, and I decide... Um, hey, I think I'm an addict.
3: <laughs> yeah. and,
2: and I seek help and I get clean. So, um, and that's really when I tell everybody that's when my journey started because that's when my life started because I, I was just on a roll from there to help other people, you know, get clean and, and see all the things that I've accomplished and that they can do it too.
1: Well, I, and, and that is so appreciated by so many people in the world. I, because you didn't hear me, what I said in the intro is that the holidays, it's a time when people are, you know, partying a lot and celebrating a lot. And for many of us, it's a time to reflect. And it's very, very hard for some people. And I know that it's especially hard for you because you're coping with the fact that your dad was, you know, Santa every year and you are an elf and it brings back a lot of pain.
2: You know, and it does it's not just for me, I know so many people during this you know, especially addicts or people with um, mental illness, you know that's a big thing that's being discussed right now in the media, and it's something that really needs to be focused on you know about a third of a third or more of addicts also suffer from a mental illness and and they use to um self-medicate but this time of year tends to be really hard you know not just for me but for a lot of addicts because there's so many expectations set on this time of year and we get <laughs> addicts get anxiety over a broken nail. so holidays are extremely difficult for us especially if we're alone you know I for me losing my dad was You know, this time of year will never be the same. He was my Santa. He was a very famous Santa around here. I have a lot of families that call me and ask, you know, how are you? Um, We sure miss him. And they send me pictures that they had with him. Um, And I was an elf for 15 years, you know. He got me started when I was 11. So not doing that standard magical Christmas that I was used to having has been – has given me a a whole new perspective and – And changes that I've had to adapt to alone—forget everything else. Just that alone has been difficult. But um, seeing the loss that others have endured, you know, I know a lot of addicts who've lost their children during this time of year. Their children were addicts, and they and they passed. And um, I can't even imagine the loss of a child. And now these people in in Newtown. And so this time of year is just—I think people are learning. It doesn't matter about the gifts. It doesn't matter how perfect your house looks during this time of year. It's really just coming together and showing the love. That's that's what we need right now. Um, and taking the stigma off of a lot of things so that some people can breathe during this time of year and just feel love.
1: Yeah, I think that's very very true. It's interesting, Erin. You brought up. Um, mental illness and um it's in the news a lot obviously in response to the horror that happened in newtown connecticut a lot of people are now you know again debating mental health and how if you have a sore throat it's not you don't have to be embarrassed to talk about it right you go to a doctor but in terms of mental health you know it there's not those kinds of easy solutions where, you know, I have a sore throat, so I'm going to take an antibiotic. And when you get into the mental health arena, there always seems to be a stigma attached to it. And, you know, those of us, you know, constantly have to, that are aware of it, have to constantly ask the question, why? Um, You know, mental health is not, it has a stigma somehow of being bad, um, you know, whereas a sore throat is not. You can't help it. But a lot of people can't help their mental health issues as well. Um, so what happens? The, you know, doctors handle it with an easy fix, right? A doctor yeah. will prescribe something, perhaps, that will take people down a bad road. And it's... Right? I mean...
2: Yeah. So... Well, I, I then, tell a lot of people... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's no. Please,
2: please continue. Um, I tell a lot of people because there's an equally heavy stigma on the disease of addiction, you know, and people forget that these mental um, disorders um, and these, the disease of addiction, the disease of alcoholism, you know, that all falls under the same boat. But there's a stigma on it, and no, we don't want to get help. Because what we know of somebody with schizophrenia or bipolar or who's an addict or who's um, an alcoholic is that I'm going to be looked at as a bad person. And so admitting it to yourself is one of the hardest things ever. You know, once we do that, like, hey, you know, I do need help. Usually we have to hit a pretty rough bottom to admit that because admitting that is, I talk about humility and, you know, just being humble to extremes to admit that you have this disease that this, that the world has put a stigma on that, oh, you're, you're less, you're lesser than. And that's what we fought our whole lives with people with mental illness and the disease of addiction from, this is a disease, you know, we were born with this and some, some mental illnesses and some addictions were, were carried further because of are the world around us, you know, what happened to us? But since we were very little, we felt lesser than. That's why we use, you know, that's and that's why, you know, mental illness goes kind of unnoticed. You know, the kid that goes to school and says like I feel alone, you know, it's, that's kind of a standard, you know, thing for some for some kids to say, but for the ones who are mental illness or or um, have the disease of addiction. We really feel alone in this whole world. We feel out of place, and later that goes to, hey, I have this void. Nobody understands me. I'm alone. I'm different. I need to fill this void with something. And it's an anxiety and a shaking underneath your skin that you have to fill it with. And the first person that comes to you and says, hey, this will help, whether it's a pill that even a doctor might be giving you or a pill from your parents or a drink from your friends, That's it. We are off and running from there. And the thing with mental illness is, I try to remind a lot of people, the most brilliant people in this world in history um, who who have made history with their music or their art or their talent or their books were sufferers of mental illness or addiction. And with the right treatment, nowadays, if we go and we get help, we can be the most brilliant people. It's just that reaching out and getting help. And for parents with kids with mental illness, it's expensive to go to a doctor and try, because I guarantee you the first form of medication, that's not going to work. You're going to go through another, and another, and another, and then there's therapy, and then there's this, and they don't even offer that for a lot of families. So I think we not only need more place treatment for mental illness, but we need more treatment centers for addiction. And I think the stigma needs to be removed. You know, these are people who need help. If you want your child safe and you want other children safe and we love and care about, you know, the children that are our future, we'll remove that and stop the judging and go and get help. You know, everybody needs help in some way. It's just some more than others.
1: That's... No, I think that's very, very well said. Well, listen, we're going to take a commercial break, Erin. For those of you that have tuned in later, I encourage you to go back and listen to the first segment because um, very, very um, relevant conversation, powerful conversation, and maybe a conversation that will contribute to improving um, intervention. Um, from the public sector and from parents and society when people are feeling that void or might have mental health issues. So don't go away. Come back right after this break. Find
3: out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network.
0: saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307.
3: Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows.
0: VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station.
0: VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz.
1: We're back with Erin Van Vuren and a very, very articulate, bright um, accomplished warrior um, <laughs> who, who is uh, so I'm glad you heard it this time because I was very complimentary to you in my opening <laughs> show so,
2: well, I'll have I mean, to go back and listen thank you um, Well,
1: I, they I the, the um, engineers said it was an easy fix so no worries there but I really because um, I'm so impressed with you you know what why don't we talk a little bit about all of your accomplishments because when you look at your comp card you know and your bio it's you know you've for a person that has felt a void in her life um you certainly tried to um, fill a lot of that void with creative energy I mean you know you've worked for community newspapers and you've written books and you know you write music and <laughs> you know you you always really tried to work hard, didn't you yeah,
2: I mean. I first got clean and, you know, when you first get clean, your number one goal is to stay clean and be able to sleep at night and have that anxiety go away. And your first initial goal, at least for me, was to fill my void with spirituality. And once I did that, I was able to breathe and I felt some serenity and that was really important. And then once I grew um, and got some time under my belt, I decided, hey, you know, spreading the message and helping other people is something I think I need to do, you know, because I'm 28, but I look like I'm 20, and I can reach out to young kids, you know, they listen to me, and so I hit, um, I think it was about, yeah, it was 90 days, and I was talking with my dad, and then talking about he had a heart attack, and then he died on my mom's birthday um on my hundred and fifth day clean and shortly after that, after the loss of my dad my house, the pets we, we lost everything and from there, um, we had to move. I've actually moved ten times since I've been clean, uh which is a huge stressor. But in the meantime, um I have written an album, finished an album, I have um, done tons of writing. I have bought a car. I have kept a steady job, which for addicts it's not easy. Um, I've gotten multiple promotions in my job. I've reached out to a huge community of young addicts, which is just what we do. That's nothing to clap for. There's many addicts to do that and um, I decided when I heard about Not One More in Simi Valley, hey, this is something I need to get involved in, because I didn't hear any addicts speaking um, to help this cause, and I got a huge fire under my butt, and I said, listen, you guys want to know the reality of it, let me show you where it starts, and I started videotaping kids from the bowels of Simi Valley um, that nobody knows about, and these are kids that are homeless or whose parents got them started in addiction. And I brought my video with me to the Not One More group, and Susan Comusco, who you you know, um, said, this is brilliant, Um, why don't you meet Regenerate Films? And they said, we're going to take this and we're going to make a movie out of it. And they got me a camera guy, and um, my goal is to remove the stigma off of this and show where this comes from. You know, I have kids on this tape that come from perfect families that are... You know, kids who are rich, kids who are homeless, kids who have been abused to lengths you don't want to even know about. It makes my story look like a space like nothing. and um, And my point is to show that this is a disease of addiction. It does not play favorites, and um, there's only three outcomes to it if if children and adults keep using, and that is jail, institutions or death, and bottom line um, kids are dropping like flies everywhere. And, uh, my stand and not one more stand and now regenerate film stand is to make this very loud, um, for everybody to hear and become a little more educated and to help parents understand what to do, um, and how to know if your kids are using. So, um, my accomplishments aside, uh, there's a lot of, People involved in this there's a lot of other addicts with accomplishments and my goal is to just spread the word and, and help people
1: when you talk about not one more um, and the outreach I can't think of anything better to intervene other than to educate and to hear from a person like you like you said you know you look like you're 20 years old um, it's so important for you to have interface with kids at the junior high school level so that they could have the awareness and that they could understand what, what this, what the glory of drugs can do to you in destruction, right? I mean, when you tell your story, they listen and you're very entertaining and they feel that they connect with you, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a, drugs can be, they can look so pretty especially when you're young, because what do they give you? They give you freedom from yourself. You know, we can't stand being in our own skin. And just like, you know, addicts only wanna hear from other addicts. They don't wanna hear from anybody else. They wanna hear from somebody who understands them. Just like if, because I lost my dad or if somebody lost a child, if somebody were to come along and say, I understand and they didn't lose those things, we don't wanna hear it from you. We wanna hear it from somebody who's been there. And that's why it's important for an addict to be in the picture and just say the reality of it. And my goal is to not just spread awareness, but this isn't the war on drugs or the war on heroin. I I like to call it the war on hope because they these people don't even know that there is another life they can have. They can have happiness without putting something in their system.
1: Right. And, um, you know, what you can do is take the sexiness right out of it, can't (laughs) you?
2: Yeah, because it gets ugly pretty darn fast. Um, You know, i drove in my car off the side of a cliff when I was loaded out of my mind um, and lived that. You know, there's so many things I've lived through. And the bottom line, what it all boils down to is we hate ourselves to extremes that are unbearable and we don't want to feel that anymore so at first it's fun but uh real quick it's not so fun and it stops working and that's not just a spiritual fact or me just spitting out a load of crap to everybody that's a scientific fact it stops working
1: Right, because your body, like any other drug, you're building up, you know, you, you build up an immunity to what might, what the positive effects may be. And this isn't just heroin, guys. I mean, I want the world to know that prescription drugs leads down this road too. And, you know, you talk about statistics and you talk about, um, reality. Um, there are more people overdosing from Oxycontin you know, from prescribed, you know, prescribed drugs like Oxycontin, painkillers, etc., mm-hmm. you know, then there are from street ju- drugs. I mean, you know, this is not, you know, when a doctor prescribes it, I think that people think it removes the stigma, but it doesn't remove the addiction.
2: No, um, it causes the addiction. I mean, <laughs> exactly. my my drugs a choice. I've never touched heroin, and... You know, I've got quite a story. My drugs of choice were prescription drugs: um, Vicodin, Soma, Xanax, Adderall. Um, you name it. I went to all lengths and multiple doctors to get these, and all I had to do was put on a little charm and say how I was feeling. And it was sometimes I didn't even have to say anything. They just wrote the prescription, and I was on my happy way. You know, it's it's scary. You can get whatever you want more from doctors than you can off the streets now.
1: It's very, very scary. I want to ask you a question. Are you able to stay on for one more segment after this one, Erin? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, I want to really communicate to people what goes on with doctors because there's this whole subset of doctors which Nam defines as dirty doctors. And I really want to talk about that in another segment because we have two more minutes left in this segment and I don't want to rush it because it's really important. Isn't it particularly yeah. when parents aren't even aware that their kids are going to these, you know, dirty doctors, how they work. They're like pop up stores and then they go away. Um, and the road that that puts in it, it, it puts innocent souls on such a dark road because then they disappear. These dirty right. doctors disappear. So where do these, you know, people then feed their addiction? They still have to, they get addicted to it to cope. So, you know, they have to find other dirty doctors and they always have to lie. And um I'd really like to talk about that a little bit more after this commercial break. And here again, totally. A little bit more about you because i think that you are such a great representative of hope particularly during this very very tough season so stay with us don't go away folks i won't oh okay and um we'll have more after this commercial break um with erin van buren
0: Sellability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307.
3: Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows.
0: VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Oh, boy, come on. get free advice from crisis communications guru cindy rakowitz now call 866-472-5788 let's get back to stars of pr here's the host and ceo of br public relations cindy rakowitz
1: We're in our final segment and we're talking to, um, a very accomplished warrior. That's what I'm going to call you, Erin. A very (laughs) accomplished warrior. One that, um, in her 28 years has lived the life of, um, a hundred year old, um, seen it all, Erin Van Vuren, um, talking about, we, we talked about some pretty, Heavy stuff in the first two segments about, you know, the stigma that comes with mental illness, um, how seamless it is to go down the road of addiction, and how, um, more times than not, it starts with prescription drugs by our quote, end quote, trusted real doctors that I know that um, Nam, you know, phrases them as dirty doctors. And I want you to talk a little bit more about that. I mean, you know, what What are the conversations that go on between children you know or young adults or teenagers where it's like you know my parents won't you know I'm feeling a lot of pain and my parents won't give me you know won't take me to a doctor um so what happens next? Oh, I know a doctor that could get you something tell me the what happens in the hallways
2: well for me personally when i was when I was in high school, which I can now say it was a decade ago, which is very weird but when I was in high school, it was, there was a lot of selling of your own prescriptions. So if a kid went to a doctor and got a ton of Adderall, and I went to a doctor and got Vicodin for tooth pain, then you trade at school, you know. Um, but these days, <laughs> the amount of drugs that people can get from dirty doctors or regular doctors, it's it's insane. I mean, you go in... It's kind of like, you know, there was so much, like with weed, you know, it was so hard to get before and now they have places where you can go and get it and then, you know, you can come out and you can sell what you have. Well, now you have little hole-in-the-wall doctors that you can go in and say, here's what's going on, and they don't even care. They're just like, okay, well, what do you want? Write it or, and then give it away and so they don't get caught and then they disappear, you know? Um there's there's a black market for everything, and now prescription drugs because it's it's so it's yummy candy to the young people right now um and something that's a money maker as well to sell um the black market for this is it's huge it's huge it's just it's a part of the way it's it's just a part of trafficking now you know there's not we're not just doing cocaine. Weed, heroin, and, you know, whatever else we're doing, or a mess. We, prescription drugs is a moneymaker. So, um, it,
1: it certainly is, and, but, but again, it becomes so addictive. I mean, it's like, you know, oh, you it's can't.
2: On, yeah, it's, see, and then there's that difference too. Some kids can go in and get a, for Vicodin because they got their tooth pulled, and if they're not an addict, um they don't have the disease of addiction. They're, they're probably not going to get addicted to it. You know, and if their parents distribute it the right way to them, you know, they'll be fine. But then there's the addict, like me, where after the first one, you know, that's it. We're off and running. Give me more and more and more and more and more because we have that void. And so, that's it. You know, there's just, and Vicodin's like nothing now. They're throwing out oxies and, Roxy, there's all these nicknames for him now, and um, and that's it. You know, these kids are it's they're off and running, and it's cool now. You know, Um, weed is like, you know, everybody calls out the gateway drug or whatever. Everything's a gateway drug, whether it's a prescription pill, or the first thing you try is heroin, or the first thing you do is is smoke weed. If you have the disease of addiction, we do not play favorites. Whatever you have. In your pocket to give us, if it's gonna fill the void, we will freaking take it. But because pharmaceutical industry is so easy to get pills from, because we can fake a disorder. Oh, I can't concentrate in school. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm hyper all the time. That's a very easy thing to fake. Okay, here's a bottle of Adderall. That's a methamphetamine. There, there you go. We were off and running with that. They just pass it out to young people who aren't finished growing. Yes. We don't need medication right now. I have ADD severely and how did I fix it? I changed my diet. I started working out and I don't have it anymore. Like there's ADHD and stuff, but these, some of these, these issues that young kids are going in and getting pilled up for don't, it's just not needed, you know, and I could go into it more, but there's so many different facets and it really depends on a kid, the family, All these things, but an addict is an addict. We will pick up from wherever we can, and prescription pills are one of the easiest things you can get right now, along with heroin. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, no, it's well, they're they're like you said, an addict doesn't choose. I mean, they'll take anything to fill the void, and I just still think that the public is not as aware of this you know, addiction to prescription drugs. I I just think that people think it's okay because it's prescription. And I'm not only talking about kids, I'm talking about grown ups too. They think oh, of it I know
2: so many grow like adults that love their Xanax and you know, it's everybody. It doesn't matter. If if they're easily Xanax you can get so easy. And that was supposed to be a temporary ailment to like severe anxiety or PTSD, you know, not something that was given out monthly, month after month after month.
1: Right. It was supposed to be a, a temporary, um, you know, a temporary um, easing of, you know, uh, a situation and, yeah. you know, but there is no temporary when you go off of it and you feel horrible because it's not just the physical pain that, it's not just physical pain. It's mental. It when When it's mental pain, you have to keep on feeding that. And I'm so glad that you brought up taking care of your body because if you are an addict, there are ways to serve that, you know, that a Addiction trait in a, in a positive way by working out and eating right and all of that kind of stuff. It's, it's just so interesting that you could flip the switch to doing something that's healthy to serve an addiction rather than something that's unhealthy. Um, a workout addict is a very, very good example of, you know, something that probably can be much more positive in an addict's life than, you know,
2: Than the alternative. Yes, and good on that. When we get clean, here's the funny part. We become addicted to just about anything else we possibly can. You know, for me, it was bulimia. Um, Other people, it's working out. Some people, it's sex. Some people, it's gambling. So filling the void with spirituality, wholeness, a support group, getting help, is first priority. And then from there, hey, what things can I do to better my health? What things can I do to feel like a more fulfilled person? And that way, because you have that foundation of a support group and and spirituality, which whoever your higher power is, I don't care who it is. It could be the tree outside or somebody you like to call God. You fill that void with that. And then that way, wherever you go from there, you're not you know, a crazy addict acting out in some other way. You know, once the drugs are gone, we still have the disease of addiction um, and it needs to be treated. And I just want to say right now, if there is any addict listening child or adult, or you think that your child is an addict, um, approach it with love and make sure your, your child knows that they can talk to you um and know yourself that nobody is alone anymore. If you go to notone.more.net, more.net, there's so many forms of help on there including, you know, the the way that I decided to get help and uh just nobody is alone. It, it's funny because a lot of people don't like to talk about this and they don't like to talk about the stig- the stigma or whatever on the pharmaceutical industry, but everybody's feeling the same thing. But. So, they just don't talk about it because they don't want to be judged or or they have that old saying in their head, well, just say no, you know, which is ridiculous. And, um, well, pharmaceutical industry, no, that can't be the problem. You know, look at heroin and look at cocaine and look at all those things. It is a problem and we're not, I think, fixing it, and I've made this point very clear before, is there is no fixing our drug dilemma that we're in right now. This goes far deeper than than we can do. I mean, we're talking, they come from Mexico, they come from mafia, um, it comes from the pharmaceutical industry, which makes a lot of money, and I don't think they're going to go away anytime soon. So why don't we focus on the opposite of that, the spiritual principle, and spread hope and let people know they're not alone and these things are very real, and here's where you can get help. And you are loved and here here's an addict that you can talk to. Because then we're fighting it instead of fighting it with negativity, we're fighting it with hope, which is what addicts want. We just want to be loved, bottom line.
1: Well, I, I think that you have shared a lot of vital information that could probably, you know, intervene with, you know, a lot of people who might be going down the road of addiction to drugs um, and intervention in the way that you explained it is probably a very important part of salvation because if adults and peers become aware of it and approach it the right way an addict will probably respond Okay, yeah. but you can't. What's the wrong thing to say to an addict, Erin? Before we end the show, before we end the show, <laughs> tell tell listeners what what will make an addict repel or make an addict hide. Um, well, as yeah,
2: a family member, and I hate to say this, but you'll learn this. People will learn this along the way. Even if it's an addict family member, family can't help family. All you can do is love and learn now the best thing you can do is detach and love and go get outside help because you approaching your addict and saying anything to the form of I know what's going on or are you using drugs or, hey, I love you and I, I, I think you have a drug problem, we don't care how nice you say those things you are pointing a finger at us at that very moment and we will be defensive because we don't want to believe it ourselves. So the, I think the worst thing you can do is to corner and start saying we know what's going on. Um, I think the safest thing to do, it, depending on your family situation, because everybody's so darn different, um, is to go to a place like notonemore.net or call local helpline for addiction. Um and say, here's my situation, what do you suggest I do? Um, And they'll lead you in the right direction. Well,
1: listen, I want to thank you for taking the time and waking up so early, Erin.
2: Yeah, (laughs) of course. um,
1: You know, to do the show, no worries about the audio challenges. They'll be fixed, and, um, you know, this should be a link should be available to this show by end of day tomorrow um, and I'll certainly send it to you and I want to really thank you again for sharing the information and being so encouraging and drawing people's attention to not one more and letting people know that there are places that can help and you know without the stigma so that people can really you know reach out and you know intervene before they become very very sick or face death and that's how serious it is so i hope that this um that this interview maybe gives some encouragement and hope to people right, and makes i just want them to feel say loved.
2: thank you i want to say thank you to you for giving me the opportunity to spread the word because it's not often that we get to do this and you did a really good thing, and um, even if we just reach one person, that's one life, and that's valuable enough, you know?
1: Well, there you go. Well, listen, have a great holiday. I want to tell everybody that we're going to rebroadcast the show next week, too. Um, and, uh, you know, it will always be available in perpetuity through voiceamerica.com, and um, Again, I want to thank you, Erin, and wish you a very, very happy holidays, and I know that I'm going to meet you really soon, okay? Yes.
2: Merry Christmas. I'll see you soon. All right. Take care. <laughs> you too. <Bye. laughs> Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American
3: idol. i got synthetic cortisol. I kill my mama to get on TV I am a death row psycho. I am a